Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Good Monday morning. It's the end of an era, perhaps, and another era on the other side of the field that stubbornly, amazingly, will not end and is showing no signs of doing so. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, welcome inside. It's Martin Luther King Day, something we will discuss with the fellas here in detail in just a little bit. So have some perspective when you think about sports today and what's going to be happening in the country later this week. There's just so much to talk about in the world of sports, but just sort of step back and take a macro look at everything. You might see it a little bit differently. A little levity off the top. Apparently, Key had a social media mishap I need to know about here. What happened, Key? Over the weekend. Me? Password-wise, what am I, what am I oh, hearing? Oh, no, here? that's not me. I don't, I'm, <laughs> they're talking about, I don't know what, not me. I don't have social media. So it wasn't me. <laughs> Wait, Zubin, you, you know Keyshawn is not part of the media. What are you talking about? No. He's not media. Uh-uh. No, it's, they gave you wrong information. It says on this piece of paper, Key doesn't know his social media passwords. Key has to Google his name to find his own social media accounts. That, that's, Explain. It, that's a lie. Don't, don't listen to that. Don't, don't. It's a typo. That, Fake news, Zubin. Fake news. Let's move on. Move on. Okay, so let's, let, let it be recorded that for the first time ever, they want to go right to the sports while no, we I want to do something No, we didn't else. say I go to sports. That. We just said move on. Right, doesn't what? mean we got to go to sports. <laughs> it must mean that our weekends were great. Football was good. We had a chance to see the Bills advance. Cleveland got as much as they could out of that. But, you know, hey, in the end, I sat at home last night wait, looking at the Saints and the Bucks, and that guy, number 12, on the other side is really, truly something special. I Zubin, mean, I'll just, just go to crazy. you and I say this. Anything is possible. <laughs> yeah, That's all right? I'll say. I mean, there you go. Anything is always possible. Henny. Anything. Oh, Henny. Anything. There you oh. Go. Anything is possible. Mahomes Keith. tweeted that, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did, yeah, they were already, <laughs> as far as I know, they were already winning the game when he took over. So <laughs> we'll talk about it in a second. So, anything is possible. Did you go grocery shopping today? I mean, this weekend? Uh, no, no bags in there. Just my jacket. No, just this my weekend. Jacket. Did, you, did you go shopping? What did no. you do? No, I just watched the games. Just watched the games. Watched a little NBA over the weekend. Too. Yeah, yeah Zubin. <laughs> yeah, Zubin. See, Harden. Where did they be? Say love. I told you, James Harden, it only would take him a couple of days to lose that weight 30 pounds. That was gone like in two days. Oof. But Triple double, Zubin. Triple double. Basketball is so amazing, though, because you can put the ball in your hand and you can do what you want to do, right? Unlike any other sport. Like, I need somebody to pitch to me. Mm-hmm. I need somebody to throw me the football unless I'm the quarterback and I'm running the option. Other than that, I got basketball. I could just wave everybody off and just do what I need to do. So Please. here's the key. Like, subliminally, are you speaking to Drew Brees right now? About your nephew? Are you saying that he didn't attempt enough passes to? No, no. Okay, no, I didn't no. know if you they, were they just channeling play, some. No, they didn't play okay. well, man. My okay. nephew didn't. He didn't look. He didn't look healthy to me, and and uh, they didn't play well. And it was holding on the pick six that wasn't. <laughs> I just want you to know. Well, let's Understood. break it down. Harden, of course, the one thing he's missing that Kyrie and KD, of course, have is a championship. So that's the holy grail out there for James Harden. For Tom Brady, I mean, championships. He doesn't have to worry about it. You're running out of fingers to count. He's attempting key if they win six days from now in Green Bay to play in his 10th Super Bowl. Just as a guy that's, you know, been in the league. Let's just think about that for a second. For a guy that's had the success you've had, a win against the Packers, who, by the way, will be hosting the NFC Championship game for the first time in the Aaron Rodgers era. Believe it or not, they played four NFC title games. They've all been on the road, finally coming to Lambeau for the first time since Rodgers became a starter, but Brady looking for his 10th counted unreal. Super Bowl appearance. Unreal. It's just unreal. I mean, it's, it's not even, 
I mean, I don't even really know how to put it in words other than the dude is magnificent. I mean, it, what do you what do you say? I mean, it's nothing. You, you plug him in, and you wind up a year later in an NFC Championship game, one game away from going to the Super Bowl. Now, can they go to Green Bay and win? Of course they can. I mean, that's always the case. You've got an opportunity and a chance. Um, it's just the dude's legit. What can you say? I mean, it, it takes you all the way back to when he was drafted or even Michigan. Mm-hmm. Like, what was he like in college that he had to fight to start? What was he like as a college player for the scouts and the general managers to pass over him and for the Patriots to say, ah, we'll take him in the sixth round. He's good enough for us to take a look at. Like, what did they see that they don't – that 10 years later turned into something different? And 20 years later still and going. And then 20 years later something is still going. I, it just – it amazes me. Now, obviously, you could tell that the way that they were running the offense last night, it, it was a lot of what Brady was kind of used to and some of the same principles that they did in New England. Um, because you could you could look and tell that there was some comfort level that was there with both he and Gronkowski, and he's just the goat, man. So it, it's interesting because Brady could have signed a one year deal mm-hmm. with the Bucks, took him to the championship game or or to a uh, Super Bowl, and then signed with another team in twenty twenty two. That's what it feels like, right? You just plug him in and you go. Now I've seen this before with the Kansas City Chiefs and Joe Montana where Joe Montana led the Chiefs to the AFC Championship game Mm -hmm. when he left the San Francisco 49ers. Montana, by the way, Jay, the last guy to start an AFC and NFC Championship game, and now obviously he's going to be passed by Brady. Of course, Brady growing up, his boyhood idol was Montana, and it all comes full circle. Yes, Ruben, I just want to give Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich a lot lot of love here and credit because the whole season it feels like Brady's been playing a different style of football, and not – for every game, but just the volume in which he's been throwing the ball, right? A lot of deep passes. It's been something that we've always questioned. Last night, I felt like I watched more of an offense that was around the way the Patriots played. I mean, it was probably their most balanced attack they've had all season. I mean, they've had 30 runs, two backs that rushed over 60 yards, right? And it it felt like there was that delicate balance. And we said before, I've been saying throughout the whole year, sometimes they're very one-dimensional. You knew exactly what they were going to do whether that's Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, it was just their balanced attack. And also, Zubin, their defense just really stepped up. I mean, you saw why they led the league in uh, pretty much uh, points off turnovers, right? 128 points off turnovers. And they found a way to do that once again against Drew Brees. Yeah, I would say once again, it's Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests this morning on the Goodyear Hotline, we are jam-packed. We'll have the aspect of revenge, and then I want to get to Drew Brees here on the other side because that's obviously a huge story as well. Think about it. The Saints knocked off the Bucks twice during the regular season. The second game, some people are saying, was the worst regular season game Tom Brady has played in his 21-year career. The Bucks get revenge. Now... It's up to the Packers to get revenge because you remember the regular season meeting in Tampa that the Bucks dominated Green Bay, but again, the locale will switch, so perhaps revenge on the mind, not of Tom Brady on the Bucks, but their opponent. Drew Brees is the NFL's all-time leader in completions and passing yardage, so it seems a little strange that he was 19 for 34 for a buck 39 and three picks. The guy that has completed more passes and thrown for more yards than anybody, could that possibly be his swan song? He was asked about it after the game. Yeah, hey, Drew. I hate to start with this, but is this your last game? 
Well, I'll, I'll, I'll answer this, this question one time, and that is that I'm going to give myself an opportunity to, uh, to you know, think about the season, think about a lot of things, just like I did last year, and um, make a decision. Key, he said things like, this game has given me incredible memories. After he peeled off the uniform, he went back out onto the field, if you're watching this morning, on television, played with his kids on the field, long embrace with his wife, Brittany. Uh, it's not definitive. He said it himself. But, man, the signs seem there, don't they? They, they do. But, you know, after an emotional game and, and you sit back and you think about it, you take some time to yourself a few days, you talk to the coaching staff, you see where they're at with everything – and you make a decision. Um, he apparently has a job waiting for him with a network out there in the universe. So there's an opportunity for him to just say, you know what, I've done it, I've done everything. But then the team is so good that you may not want to give that up to anybody else and you want to run it back and see if you can win a championship. Yeah, I, w- I would love for Drew to take some time, obviously. But uh, I'll say this as, as a competitor. I know you have to, when you decide to call it quits, that is it, to walk away from the game. But I don't care what anybody says, Key. The way you end it, that sits with you. And I think the way that the season ended for Drew Brees, I think it's going to be hard for him just to say, okay, I'm, I'm willing to walk away and go into broadcasting, knowing that a season with COVID, rib injuries, the way he – three. Three picks in this game, four turnovers for the Saints. Um, if I'm Drew Brees, I'm, I'm really thinking about, you know, I come back 43 years old, we have a chance to do it. I might have to do it for me, not to end it this way. It's amazing. We'll see what happens. But the signs certainly seem to indicate that it's either going to be Hill or Winston's job. And after what you saw from Winston coming in on that trick play right away, that does say something. On the way is the biggest threat on the other side of the AFC, to the Chiefs going back-to-back, their injury report. I looked over at the sideline, felt like I had a lot of running room. This team's given me so much, so I put my body out there for them. But you're talking about replacing the guy that everybody thinks is the best quarterback and potentially in the history <laughs> of our game. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. 
the podcast. Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Chiefs, who he got paid every time he said, touchdown, Kansas City. He'd never have to work again. You know the deal with Patrick Mahomes as we welcome you back inside Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Goodyear hotline, including the front office insider, Mike Tannenbaum, who will join us in about 13 minutes from now, 6.30 a.m. Eastern. There were some hires made over the weekend, front office coaching-wise. We'll dig into that with Mike. Obviously, you know the deal with Mahomes, the toe injury, the concussion. Andy Reid said all systems good. It's, quote, looking very good at this particular really? point. That's what he said. That's <laughs> no, what he said. I'm, I'm just saying, really, did you really honestly think that Patrick Mahomes was not going to figure out how to get on this field? I promise you, Patrick Mahomes will be taking snaps on Wednesday. I would concur. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless Wednesday, of course, when they're back at practice. Looking forward to next Sunday and a trip, perhaps, to the Super Bowl for the second time in as many years. So Chad Henney had to come in, completed that fourth and inches pass that essentially ended the Browns' season and made sure the Chiefs would get back to the conference championship game. They've now been there three years in a row. But just a reminder that the young people will go to Snapchat and Twitter Henny is 35, so his social media analogy here a little bit different. Yeah, I mean, other than uh, LinkedIn, I don't think hashtag uh, any given sunny or Sunday or any given possible is going to show up on LinkedIn. So uh, anything <laughs> is possible. As you mentioned, Jay, in our first segment, that was actually something Mahomes tweeted after the game. And then going with the not often referenced LinkedIn. I was going to say, not actually referring to TikTok or referring to Snapchat, you know, but it's a little bit outdated. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you that was more up to date, Zubin. Like, you know, as Bill Raftery would say, how about the onions by Andy Reid and, and company here and Eric Bieniemy? I mean, third and 14, the fact that Chad Henney, you, you see, okay, there's a reason why he got those reps in that game against the Chargers two weeks ago. You know, he goes for 30-14, makes that incredible run, and then fourth and inches. I, I don't know about Key, but everybody I'm watching the game with uh, talking to on social media and text chain, like we're all saying, okay, they're going to try to draw an offsides here. They're going to end up punting the ball, maybe taking the timeout when it's all said and done. For him to hike the ball in a shotgun situation and roll out and hit Tyreek Hill to close the game that way, what onions by Andy Reid. I love seeing that mentality. We're going to close out this game. We're not going to get Baker to Mayfield the ball with X amount of time left on the clock if that's two minutes, whatever it is, a minute and a half, and not give the Browns a chance we're going for it right here and there that speaks volumes about how this team offensively thinks and how they believe even in their backup quarterback that's just it's absurd to me but I loved it yesterday I loved it well third and 14 he that was all guts right I mean it was just I'm gonna pull it down nobody's open I'm gonna take off and run the sprint right option play on fourth and inches was you know when they got in the gun I, I didn't really think they were going to run the ball just based on them running. They don't necessarily run the, the ball out of the gun unless it's a draw play, and they're not going to run a draw on fourth and inches. They're going to put a fullback in, and they're going to pound it away with tight ends and all that. But when, once, once I saw the gun and I saw Tyreek Hill in a tight split like that, I said, oh, they're getting ready to run sprint right option. It's a two-way go for him. If he's not open, then Henny's going to run and try and get the first down, he has a double option to do it. So I felt like, okay, they they know that this is a situation they want to go out the way that they want to go out. I didn't find anything wrong with it. Andy Reid in the past has always done those sort of things, gone for it, whether it was in Philly or in Kansas City in those situations. Most of the time, they didn't get it until he found a guy like Patrick Mahomes. So I'm sure based on – how he felt about the way that the team 
was playing defensively at that point in time that if they didn't get it, the defense would have slowed Cleveland down. Anki, I got to give the Browns a lot of credit. I mean, look, everybody said at the beginning of the game, if they had came out and had a lead uh, with the way they run the ball, even though, you know, they, I think they only ran for, uh, they didn't run that well in the first half at all, barely can run the ball. Second half is when they got picked up. But still, for, for Baker, they had the ball pretty much the whole third quarter. For them to fight back into this game the way they played, Baker played extremely well. I think it's been a hell of a year for the Browns. Obviously, they would have loved to get the ball back with a minute and a half to see the opportunity to win the game. You felt like it was happening. Just at the end of the day, uh, that that play closed it out. And it, but you got to give the Browns a lot of credit. Well, there's no there's no need for Cleveland Browns and their fans to feel sad about yesterday where they were at. They won, right? I mean, the fact that they made it to the divisional round when the beginning of the season started off looking so slim to no hopes at all against the Baltimore Ravens, and then they actually wind up in the divisional round, one game away from the AFC Championship. They got the growth out of Baker Mayfield. So now that decision to move forward with Baker Mayfield makes it a little bit easier to start that conversation with your staff. Is he the right guy at the quarterback spot? Uh, They get OBJ back next year. You know what you have in Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. You get Ward back healthy. You get Greedy Williams back healthy at the corner spot. So you start to build on what what you put together this year and be happy with that. I mean, obviously you want more. But they won by just being there. Statistical and anecdotal, to Key's point, their best young defensive player is in his mid-20s, Miles Garrett. They've locked him up. Their best young offensive player, Baker Mayfield, soon perhaps to be locked up. They have probably the NFL's head coach of the year. And this is a little silly, but we all get excited about this. Just wait until the NFL schedule comes out in the spring and wait till you see how many times you're going to see the Browns on Sunday night and Monday night football. They are about to be must-see TV. And this year has really catapulted them to that position. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. On the way, one future Hall of Famer on his way to Green Bay. Another on the way to Canton. All indications are this is probably going to be Drew Brees' final game. This is a dude that's barely six foot, that's not the biggest dude, not the strongest arm, <laughs> and has rewritten a record book because of his work ethic. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. 
Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. You're not kidding, Ryan Clark. If you take a look at the NFL record book and you look at completions, nobody's above Drew Brees. If you look at passing yardage, nobody is above Drew Brees. In fact, if you look at Brady and Brees, they're one, two, and then you need a telescope. There's not like anybody within 7,000 yards of those two guys, and it just stands to reason maybe the final yardage total for Brees is done. For more on that, let's welcome in Mike Tannenbaum, the ESPN front office insider, the former NFL executive with the Jets and the Dolphins. It's great to have him here this morning. Everybody has weighed in on it. Some of his actions after the game, spending extra time on the field, embracing his wife on the field after the game, not exactly shooting down when somebody asked him if it was his last game. All those factors. Your thoughts. Have we seen the last of Drew Brees? Oh, I don't think there's any question about it. I think he's going to retire, going to broadcasting, and leave behind an incredible legacy, as you mentioned, Zubin. And now moving the story forward, if I'm the Saints, I have Taysom Hill, I have Jameis Winston. I move forward with both of them, have to get Winston under contract, and then maybe draft the third one. But I think the Saints have done a good job of, of preparing for this, and I would be floored if he ever played again. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit leaning toward that way as well, Mike. When you look at what happened in Kansas City yesterday with Patrick Mahomes, how concerned should the Chiefs fans, I'm not concerned, but how concerned should the Chiefs fans be with Mahomes playing this next weekend coming up in the AFC Championship game? You know, Key, they should be really concerned because if he doesn't play, the Buffalo Bills are going to be favored. They're going to have the much better quarterback. Josh Allen over Chad Henney wouldn't be close. But two things really stood out to me once Mahomes went out. First of all, let's give Andy Reid credit. They ran for 123 yards. We never talk about the Kansas City Chief running game, but that was a big part of what they did yesterday. And maybe this is somewhat underreported, guys. In Week 17, Chad Henney played. And even though he's a 12-year veteran, has a lot of experience. The fact that he played in that game, that helped yesterday. That play he made with his feet when it was third and 14, that is something that you have to get the rust off and you need some game reps. So I know that was somewhat underreported, but I thought that was meaningful. And I know Chad Henney, he has good arm strength, not great arm strength. I was really disappointed by that one interception. He should know better. He took points off the board. So they would have a chance, but without Mahomes, obviously it's transformational and I would expect the Bills to win the game. Mike, another quarterback in the AFC is not looking so good for the team and the organization in Deshaun Watson. What do you think in the, in the end of the day, what's going to happen? Is he going to be a Texan, a Miami Dolphin, or some other team? Key, he has to be a Houston Texan. And if I'm Cal McNair, the owner of the Texans, and I'm Nick Casario, the new GM, I fly and I go see Deshaun Watson – And I do literally whatever it takes to repair all the damage they've recently done. He's too talented. He's too high character. He's too young. He's under contract. He's selfless. He's a leader. He checks every box. That's what you want. You want a top five quarterback that's in your building. 
So you fix it, and however you got there, that's your mistake. But everything within reason has to be done to make sure that he's happy, he's fulfilled, and most importantly, we can move forward together and try to win a championship. And now I've been in these situations before when players have been happy. You have to be a great listener, understand not what's wrong but why it's wrong, and then work really Look, hard to fix Mike, it. Mike, it sounds like it's too late, though. It sounds like it, based on the reports that came out yesterday, that it's the end. Like, there's no return. Like, why should I believe that everything is great now when it wasn't before just because you know that I'm not very happy with you? You want to try to come and give me a lollipop. <laughs> right. I think it's much more than a lollipop. I would simply say, Key, hey, we're going to start a relationship it's one day, and we're going to try to get through today together, and let's just stack one good day on top of the next. And trust is rebuilt slowly, but we can do it, and we're going to go through a head coaching search. You're going to have a say. You're not going to make the decision. There's a difference. I've been in situations before when we brought head coaching candidates in, and they've had a conversation with a Chad Pennington or a Ryan Tannehill. I think that's appropriate in a, in a proper context. So he should have a seat at the table, not the ultimate say, but he should have a seat. And then, again, just trust us in terms of what you go by starting today, and let's have a fresh start and see if we can work things out. I don't know, Mike. That's a huge leap of faith now just to see Nick Casario come in and say, hey, I I know you're new on the job, but now I'm I'm just going to trust you, even though I've had this history with guys like Jack Easterby and our owner that told me one thing and they're doing another thing. That's That's a pretty huge leap of faith, don't you think? Absolutely, Jay. Well, it is, and I would just say, you know, there's a great expression that applies here. Just go by what you see. And we're going to try to stack one good day on top of the next, starting in a very meaningful way with the head coach, the offensive coordinator, the scheme, and everything that happened, it's in the past. I can't do anything about it. You know, I'm a GM. I've been on the job now for about 10 minutes. But I'm going to try to do everything I can to earn your trust and hold me accountable to this conversation starting today. Let's say it doesn't work, Mike. How likely is it that the Jets can make a deal for Deshaun Watson? Yeah, that's where really, the, for us, that's where the fun begins because Jets and Dolphins, to me, are really both well-positioned. Both have multiple first-round picks. For the Jets, I would start with three first-round picks. You have two this year, one next year, and it's going to cost you a good young player. It may cost you Quentin Williams. But if I'm the New York Jets and I can come out of this with Robert Sala and Deshaun Watson, whatever it takes, pay that bill. You've just changed your franchise, hopefully, for the next 10 years, and you've done that in two weeks. So it's an unforeseen opportunity. And candidly, guys, that's what great organizations do. That could be Amazon, Johnson & Johnson, any company in the world. They're opportunistic when they see an unexpected opportunity sitting in front of them. So if I'm the Jets, I don't get off the phone with Nick Casario without getting a deal done. And if I have to overpay by throwing in an extra second or third round pick or another young player that we may like, like a Denzel Mims, throw it in there because you know what? You could go find another Denzel Mims. Deshaun Watsons are way too hard to find. Mike, you have, in the past, I bring this up many, many years ago, you were part of the Cleveland Browns organization. How would you summarize their season this year? Yeah, incredible key. And and that's a really special place. Uh, The Cleveland Brown organization means so much to Northeast Ohio. I didn't have a lot of experience there, but when I was there, boy, key, uh, they – it's like a way of life there. And, you know, no one wants to lose, but boy, did Cleveland come a million miles this year. And, you know, when you look at the team, the future's so bright. I think their best players really are Nick Chubb, 
Jarvis Landry, Miles Garrett, an unbelievable offensive line, and an improved Baker Mayfield. But I see it in that order. And foundationally, I see a really bright future for that organization. And they earned a a ton of credibility yesterday. And just think if Rashad Higgins doesn't fumble, we may be talking about a huge upset today. Mike, explain to us, me, Jay, Will, Zubin, the audience that's listening, help us understand why Brian Dayball, as well as Eric Bieniemy, have not been hired just yet. Well, they both should be, and they both deserve, because the object of the exercise, we just talked about Deshaun Watson. That's a big part of the conversation. The other part of the conversation is to bring in coaches that have developed and won with young quarterbacks. Eric Bieniemy's done that with Patrick Mahomes. Brian Dayball's done that with Josh Allen. They're both playing right now. I think that has to, to a certain extent, hurt their candidacy from a standpoint of they can't put their staffs together. And I've been there. I've hired four head coaches. And candidly, the tie goes against the coaches that are still playing because they're getting worried that they can't deliver on who they want to bring with them in terms of their assistant coaches. They want to take the burden in the hand when they get another offer instead of waiting on what they think is going to be maybe an offer if this coach gets a job. So, you know, there's been a lot of talk key for years that should the whole coaching cycle start after the Super Bowl so it equals a level playing field. We saw that for years in New England where some of these coaches got bypassed because teams didn't want to wait. And I got to think that Eric Bieniemy and Brian Dayball are being affected by that today. Now, I don't know if that's the only reason they haven't they don't have jobs as of today, but I got to think that's a factor. Mike, on that tip real quick, and we're being joined by Mike Tannenbaum, our front office insider on the Goodyear hotline, to make it a little bit more equitable to give those coaches that frankly have had success an opportunity to be more successful and promote themselves and not have it as a detriment that their team keeps winning and winning and winning. That doesn't make any sense. That's counterintuitive. How difficult would it be or what is the process to make sure, to your suggestion, that things would be done Afterwards, I mean, what's the what's the what's the obstacles to getting something like that done? It just makes common sense. Yeah, Zubin, I had the great fortune in my career to represent Steve Kerr. I represented coaches uh, in both football and basketball, and Steve Kerr lost a couple of coaches during the finals, um, and still won championships. And Steve Kerr was all about trying to help his assistants get to where they want to go. So the NBA model works. I saw it firsthand. So. One idea would be simply that between the bye week of, let's say, the championship game and the Super Bowl, Eric Bieniemy could be named the head coach of the Houston Texans. Then you turn it over to Nick Casario, the general manager, let him get going on all the coaching hires, which I've done before. It's a lot of work, but it certainly could be done with minimal contact with Coach Bieniemy. Let him get ready for the Super Bowl. And again, we've seen it in the NBA. It works. So the system is flawed from a standpoint that it penalizes success. You know, we saw it with Romeo Cornell, Josh McDaniels, Charlie Weiss for all those years in New England where those guys had deep playoff runs. And if we want to make an equal playing field, if we want this process to be more transparent and uh, include more people, I think you have to figure out a way to equalize it because guys like Eric Bieniemy right now, clearly when some of these decisions are close, they're going to lose the benefit of the doubt. And let's face it, guys, if we're having this conversation in two years, three years, four years, the Kansas City Chiefs are still going to be in that conversation because they have a great young quarterback. That's a great point. Guys like McDaniels and Cornell eventually got their opportunities, but why not make it the optimal opportunity if you can? Great insight, Mike. Thank you very much. We'll, of course, see you right back here next Monday morning. Thanks, Mike.
All right. Appreciate it, guys. All Thanks. Right. You got it. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive's home quote explorer is changing the way you buy home insurance. Now you can go online, get a custom quote, and save both time and money. Learn more at Progressive.com. Mike mentioned the NBA, and that's where we're going to start as we go from A to Z. And from A to Z is brought to you by Merrill Guided Investing. Visit MerrillEdge.com slash investing goals. Merrill Lynch, Pierce, Fenner, and Smith Incorporated, both a registered broker dealer and investment advisor member, SIPC. All the oxygen in the NBA this weekend was taken up by the debut of James Harden, which couldn't have gone any better. A little triple-double action for him in his first foray in Brooklyn. There's another guy that had a triple-double over the weekend, Luka Doncic, 36-16-15. Let me just say that again. 36 16 and 15, though it came in a loss. And this is when you know you've got yourself a superstar. After that stat line, Doncic, not happy. That's on me. The, the second half, uh, I played terrible. And I think uh, that's on me that game. I shouldn't uh, say I, I was being selfish a little bit because, you know, I had 30 points in the first half. And that wasn't me in the second half. Uh, I got to do way better than that. And... They're just for me. I shouldn't be doing this. Jay, I love that. You know, look, uh, the, the the real issue for this team is the health of Christoph Porzingis, you know? Like, uh, will he be the player that everybody expected him to be, that all-star caliber player? And Luka Doncic is going to have these type of performances. He's single-handedly going to have to take this team and drag them into the playoffs. But for them to go to an, another level, I think also for Porzing, uh, for Doncic to actually have a chance to win MVP, he's going to need help from Porzingis in a massive way. Indeed. Doncic with his 29th career triple-double last night. Back to the NFL, the Rams, Sean McVay. Everything's on the table After Saturday's loss to the Packers, McVay said about his starting quarterback, Jared Goff, quote, he's our quarterback right now. And then here's what McVay said yesterday. What I'm evaluating is everything that we do, Kevin. That that includes the quarterback position, but that includes everything. And so that's where we're at. And and I think it's important for, like I was kind of saying, to be able to take a step back, catch our breath. Uh, be able to look at everything that the season encompassed and figure out the best way to create the most competitive situations at all spots uh, and what we can do to continue to take steps in the right direction. And that's not exclusive to the quarterback, but, um, you know, it's it's all encompassing to our entire roster. Before, Key, we talk about the Rams' offense, specifically the relationship between McVay and Goff and what might come next. We should mention the Rams. Everything's on the table, so McVay's going to have to hire a new defensive coordinator. The Chargers hired Brandon Staley to be their next head coach. He was, this past season, the Rams' D.C. Okay, so Saturday, it's he's our quarterback right now, 24 hours later, Everything's on the table. What do we make of this? I think everything was always on the table. He's our hmm. quarterback for right now. This game that we're getting ready to play, he's our quarterback. But it's always been on the table. These conversations were going on throughout the course of the season, I'm sure, in private settings between Les Snead as well as Sean McVay and whoever else gets involved in making up that roster because I'm assuming that most of the guaranteed money mm-hmm. – on Jared Goff's extension has probably been absorbed by now. So there's some flexibility and leeway to get out of it at this point in time if they choose to do so. Or maybe they want to light a fire underneath them. I mean, it's amazing to see that a guy just led a team to a Super Bowl two years ago, and then all of a sudden now he may be possibly being looked at as a, at being replaced. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen. Sean's got to look at everything along with Les Snead. 
throughout the offseason to see what's available to them, not only at the quarterback position, but other positions that they need to take a look at. You know, Keith, when, when I look at Jared Goff, I, I see a guy that you're, you, you've said this multiple times, and we've been talking about this all year, you're waiting for him to take that next leap to be somewhat of a superstar. And granted, I give him a lot of credit for coming back off that thumb surgery. Um, did he play a phenomenal game? No. Uh, I, I think, you know, if, if John Walford doesn't get hurt, he's probably in that scenario. Sean McMay kind of made that apparent before he got injured and he was taken out of the game. But it's still a precarious situation. I think you just you let the, you let the quarterback go out next year. You make it an open competition to a degree. You say, if you want it, go take it. Well, so it, it boils down, as I always say, it's going to boil down to the money. I don't care if it's Carson Wentz or Jalen Hurts. I don't care if it's John Walford and, or Jared Goff. What are the numbers? What, is, what does the numbers look like in terms of guaranteed money? Jared Goff is more than capable of being an NFL quarterback. He's not a bum. But he hasn't given you the next step. And when you look at the playoff situation against Green Bay – he was overmatched going up against Aaron Rodgers. If there's a duel there, quarterback versus quarterback, he was way overmatched Zubin. It just, you know, he wasn't going to be able to duplicate with Aaron Rodgers no matter on any day. Let me just ask you both this question because you guys have both obviously play, played with the threshold of pain. And to Key's point, the golf extension was for four years, $134 million. At the time, it actually did make him the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. But as Kia said, whoever's up next will just take that mantle. But four years, 134. The only thing I want to question here, and you know, you guys can take us inside the mind of a pro athlete. I mean, he was out there, to your point, played in the Super Bowl and then had to play in this postseason a dozen days after injuring the thumb on his throwing hand at the quarterback position I mean doesn't that factor in somehow I mean you're not going to get optimal Jared Goff if he's got a banged up thumb on his throwing thing. well I don't think any of the decisions that they would make going forward is predicated on the way that he played in the playoffs okay I think it's going to be over the body of work more of a macro look yeah over the course of two seasons right I mean they're not just going to say oh Guy came back two weeks later, we're, he didn't play well, we hate him. No, I hate him because in week six, look what he did. Or week eight, look what I did. I mean, and Sean McVay has came out with comments throughout the course of the season where he said, look, you know, Jared Goff needs to be better. Our quarterback needs to be better. I think it's pretty known what his expectations are you know, from a standard level of success with what he wants from his QB. The question is, you know, coming into this offseason, can Jared Goff you know, recover from his thumb surgery and play at a high level enough that will suit that for what Sean McVay wants his team to accomplish? And the great thing about it, you got guys like Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is on his way to getting back to the Super Bowl for the second time in his career. This is the first time from a playoff standpoint that Aaron Rodgers has had home field advantage throughout the playoffs. He's hosting a home Game. I'm sure the crowd will be increased. You got to look at what they did from an offensive standpoint, whether it was with Adams, whether it was Aaron Jones running the ball. But defensively, they stepped up to the plate. I mean, they sacked Jared Goff multiple times. Kenny Clark, I think, had three sacks. Big defensive tackle out of UCLA. They paid a bunch of money to uh, this offseason. So when you look at what Green Bay has been able to do, uh, it's it's going to be a great matchup against Tom Brady. You got – I wouldn't call them both – well, I guess you could call them both old heads going up against each other, right? Even though Brady's a little bit older than Aaron Rodgers, both from the same area up there in the Bay Area in California. That'll be a, a, a storyline I'm yeah. sure you'll dive into somewhere <laughs> along the way, Zubin. Indeed, indeed. We have Rodgers, no Cal. We have – 
Brady, no Cal Brady at 43. I think uh, Rodgers is from Chico. Brady's from San Mateo. Rodgers is 37. And the reason that Rodgers says he can continue to play into his 40s is after what he watched Tom Brady do. A reminder, tune into Mike Greenberg's show, Greenie, which immediately follows our show, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio. Today, Greenie reacts to Divisional Weekend and talks to former Ravens wide receiver Steve Smith Sr. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin right into Greenie weekday mornings on ESPN Radio. And Key, I don't want you to gloss over what you just said, considering the greatness of Aaron Rodgers' career, but you're right. For the first time, they'll try to get to the Super Bowl through Lambeau. In 2019, they had to go through San Francisco on the road. You know what happened there. Back in 2016, they were at the Falcons. In 2014, they had to go to Seattle. And believe it or not, back in 2010, the Bears and Packers played a playoff game where Chicago had the home field advantage. So those four locales in four championship games and finally at Lambeau Field. I just got cold just thinking about the game, <laughs> right? I just, just, just got – because it's going to be cold, man. It's going to be about 11 degrees out there, and they're going to be running around on a hard field. I know it's grass, but, but there's – so within that grass, mm-hmm. they, they, they have um, some – they can warm it up underneath. But there's going to be sections of the field mm-hmm. that freeze. And it's going to be like little ice, like frozen little ice patches that are hard where the cleats can't dig all the way into the ice. I'm good. I've been there before. There's a reason they call it the frozen tundra. We will see what happens again Sunday, the first game, 3.05 p.m. Eastern. It'll be, as Keith says, the old heads. And then at 6.40, it's time for the young guns, a look at the present and the future of the NFL. And two of those teams will have the Super Bowl hey, hey, Buffalo. in their immediate future. Huh. Nobody rallies like the Buffalo Bills. On the way, how this postseason can be defined by just one week in the regular season. We'll explain next on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.